No matter what we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. And we're back. Another episode of the Stereo Bros Podcast. It's your boy, the purveyor of all things pistachio and latte. It's the spring. So you need your Patagonia and your pistachio latte at all times in Midtown. The Midtown uniform is back. It's your boy, PL. Who else we got? Hi, everyone. It's Jazzy. And we have a special guest in the building. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, it's Kamari. Kamari Alexander. Here we go. Here we go. So... Miss Alexander is going to talk about her business and some cool things that she got going on right after we talk about a very important issue in our community. No, it's not Eric Adams kicking down homeless tents. No, it's not the U.S. bombing Somalia. It's Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> the now, smack heard around the world. I didn't watch the, uh, the what is it, the Oscars or Tony's? Oscars, like, Oscars. I didn't watch it, but the next morning I woke up to Black Twitter, Black IG, Woke IG, Sleep IG with mad memes and gifts and all of that. Um, we already had a live when we talked about our thoughts on the actual slap. So we're not going to spend this episode <laughs> going even further into it. I think people are we're tired. tired. We're tired. tired of talking about it. But, you know, the uh, scholar and prophet Kevin Samuels <laughs> did post something that disturbed me. And <laughs> it was a letter that Willow Smith allegedly. You know, there's a trial lawyer here that says it's not, it's not authenticated. It's not authenticated. <laughs> so the rules. I of, would like to know per, if it is real before we speak on it. It might but be. Let's, <laughs> let's hypothetically say that it is for real. It might be hearsay, so it's not admissible under the rules of evidence. But under the rules of social media, <laughs> it is admissible. So we're gonna talk about it. And in this letter, uh, Willow Smith. Unaged, because I don't know what age she was when she wrote this, but she purports or is purported to write to one Tupac Shakur saying something to the effect of, dear Tupac, wish you was here because my mom would be happier. You know, please come back the end. And I hope that's not true. But if it is, my fucking gosh, man, (laughs) like we got to protect Will Smith and get him up out of there because he's clearly in a sucking place if his daughter is wishing for her mom's ex-boyfriend to come back. I hope it's not true. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they were good friends. So if (laughs) I saw a parent of mine and they were sad, they were missing their friend, I mean, uh, I'm saying this to be devil's advocate, but uh, why not, you know, hope for a better outcome for your parent and wanting them to be emotionally stable if they're not. Fam, you know, her dad was in Independence Day. Her dad was in um, <laughs> Men in Black. He was he was Agent K. He was in um, Bad Boys. That's Mike Larry. Her dad is Mike Larry. Her dad is Mike Larry and she want Tupac back? That shit is crazy. <laughs> that shit is crazy to me. I don't know. I I think that a lot of heat is going on Jada right now. I didn't. Even, I didn't mention Jada. I said Willow. 
you but it's it you, everyone is implicating her love of Tupac as the reason why Will got up there and did it. I might have said something similar myself. Uh, <laughs> to what to what tune? I I'm just saying that it, it, I I she clearly loved Tupac whether it was a platonic love or a romantic love it was there. She married Will though, so I guess. Oh, well, did Tupac die before they got married? Is that true? I don't even know. I don't know, Where but I mean, why die? is Willow privy to details about her mother's? Well, she relationship does. or feelings about Tupac. She, she does this thing and, and... where she posts a lot about Tupac. Like she like wishes him a happy birthday every year. Mm. Like it's very clear that she like misses this guy. I don't know if Willow walked in and her mom was on the floor crying, holding a picture of Pac or something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I feel like there is. I mean, listen, I don't disrespect the dead or nothing like that, but I do feel like. To the extent they had a friendship, platonic or otherwise, you know, Pac been dead almost 30 years, give or take 25-ish. And I feel like if, like, I think Will's been through a lot publicly from crying on that show to, to that being the meme of the, you know, that replaced the Jordan crying meme in terms of like, like a man crying. So I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did, man. It, the Jordan crying meme was hard to replace, but he, he replaced that. And I feel like to. Get entangled with August Alcina. He sing about it. Entanglement is is a song on his uh, last project, by the way, and publicize that. And then you go on what's it called? Uh, Red, Red Room? table table. Yeah. Red table talk. And you break him down and say how you know you're not happy with him like that. Um, and you were just entangled, and and his man again. This is Mike Lowry. You know he, he's been in Mad Men and Blacks. Fortunately, he did Wild Wild West. Um, he was in Independence Day. Um, I Am Legend. He's a man at the end of the day. He survived he's not a lot. doing all of that he survived when he's I at am, home with Jada. He survived, he, I, am he survived I Am Legend. He, was in, <laughs> he, he was in New York Dolo. He survived New York by himself. And you had this man crying on your talk show. Like, he's a man. And I think, you know, as men, as black men, we're not allowed to be emotionally vulnerable. So to have him have his emotions you know, shot up like that on national television and now his his biological daughter is writing a letter allegedly to her I mean to his wife's ex. To me that's 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 nuts. I don't know. I mean a couple of things. One, I don't know if we can characterize all black men not being able to show emotion based on Will Smith because he chose that life. He chose to go on Red Table Talk. He chose to put himself in that position where his private life is public. You know, they've been very public with their private life. And, you know, I think the thing that is, you know, not surprising is that Willow is also being very public with her feelings and what have you. I mean, that's the way that they've raised them. So, you know, it's kind of like the chickens coming home to roost, as it were. But... You know, I I know you guys already talked about the slap, but <laughs> the slap at That's the end of the day, <laughs> you know, I I was joking with my family and saying, you know, you know, well, is transcended being black when he could do that, you know, it's not going to impact his money. But there's that, you know, 
I think that at the end of the day, as Black Twitter has said, where was all that heat for August? You know what I'm saying? Or The Rock. You know, it just seems like it was so misplaced and it just wasn't the right time and place. And he could have totally sunned Chris Rock at another point in time in even a public space, but to do it at the Oscars... You know, it it really took away from him winning Best Actor. You know, no mm-hmm. one's talking about that. Mm-hmm. He won Best Actor, and then Chris Rock was introducing Best Documentary that Questlove Quest won. won. I mean, it was really selfish. And you know, for what it's worth, while you know, it's a shame that we, you know, have been acculturated not to have the same freedoms that white people do. The fact of the matter is, we just don't. You know what I'm saying? And like. You know, to be shining at the Oscars with two black women hosting it, with, you know, D-Nice as a DJ. You know, I mean, it was just like, bruh, like, you had to do it there, you know? I don't know. I just think it was really selfish of him. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's, you know, dealing with the mistake and we all make mistakes. You know, God willing, mine will never be as public as his. And I mean, without talking too much about the slab... I wasn't so much bothered about where he did it because I don't want to play into the don't do this in front of them type of narrative, right? Like, let's not be bad in front of, you know, this crowd. But Mm. I do think that there's a bit of re-victimization of him saying that he put, yes, he's a public figure. He put his life out there. But I do think he is an emotional victim in this. Um, I do think that Oftentimes, on Black Twitter, on social media, and in the court of public opinion, a black man showing his emotions is always controversial. Not always, but more often not, it's controversial. You know, if um, a man, Will Smith, cries on TV, some unwoken men, oh, he's soft. Some women will say he's soft, right? It's Someone will say he's being vulnerable, he's, he's in touch with his feelings and his emotions, but I still think there's a certain amount of pain that regardless of your stature as a public figure or not, I just don't think that certain things should be okay, right? Like, I'm never okay with a man or a woman being publicly humiliated by somebody that they're in love with, right? Like, I would never champion a woman cheating or getting cheated on. I'm never going to champion domestic violence, um, you know, I'm never gonna like even even with. But what about the assault of Chris Rock? You champion that? No, and not at all, <laughs> not at all, not at all. I'm not a fan of that, and I think you know, people. I, we said we wasn't going to talk about this. Okay. Well, um, but we're here now. We're here. We're here. Um, even with him getting hit like that, right? Like people were saying he's not soft for not fighting back, and I think. Um, I think part of him probably didn't expect it to happen, but I also... You mean Chris? Chris Rock, mm. right? And I think he's probably more caught off guard yeah. than anything else. He was. He was like... He didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to he say, dude. Was. He probably, like, all of us was like, is this for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back in his mind, he's like, was this what I, was supposed I was to happen? at home stuck in my bed, like, uh, what is happening? But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, I do think that there's a certain amount of... Will Smith... Mentally, doesn't seem like he's in a good place right now, but I, it doesn't excuse what he did. I'm not doing that at all. But I also feel like, you know, it doesn't matter if it was the BET Awards, Source Awards, um, 
the Stereo Bros Awards, I still think that you got to restrain yourself. Yeah. And I think Will Smith initially laughed. Yeah. And then... Well, speaking to that, there's a new angle of Jada laughing laughing when he's walking back from slapping Chris Rock, which even before this came out, I was thinking, and you can speak as a a wife, uh, Kamari, you would not encourage or, you know, like... I just felt like there was a level of where she kind of like sicked him on him. Like, go get him. Like, like, go or, get and that even if she didn't, she didn't like stop, stop him. him. Like, you know, like, we don't, we don't need you to go there. And it was clear from the video, even though we didn't see that interaction, she definitely was like, oh, you did the right thing. Like, it wasn't like a, you know, oh my gosh, what's happening? But she- y'all want to absolve Jada from blame. Who does? Y'all, I don't. I, no, y'all. No, I don't. No, I don't. I, I, I think don't. she's the they. reason. The reason. Y'all and they. The y'all and they. No, I'm not for. the day. Perfect, perfect. I'm happy that you're not in the day. Are you part of the y'all I'm of the day? Okay, good. Day. So we agree that Jada's wrong. She's bad. <laughs> print it. Print it. Print it. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, fellas. No, they're human. They're human. At the end of the day, they are human and they live a public life. And so things are happening publicly. But I think one of the things that was the big takeaway for me as I was thinking about this more than I thought I probably should be thinking about it <laughs> is that no one's infallible. You know, no one's infallible. And, you know, as scripture says, pride comes before the fall. It's when you think that you are, right? Mm. It's when you think that, you know, with almost a righteous indignation, you can do whatever you want that, you know, you kind of set up, you know, what made him feel entitled to go up there and do that at that time and, and you know, attack someone Denzel physically. Denzel said it was of... the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Denzel goes to our church, so he's guided by, uh, you know, a good pastor, but. You know, whatever it was, I think at the end of the day, we know that it takes self-awareness going through life to really be able to handle Mm -hmm. life. If you are not self-aware, then things will always be happening to you, Mm. you know? And so that's why I'm like, okay, they proffer that they have this self-awareness. You know, they proffer that they're open and have this openness Mm -hmm. and, you know, want to put that forth. But then, you know, can't handle like a G.I. Jane, Jane joke. joke. Like, right, right. it just seems... G.I. Jane joke, yeah, man. But I guess and The Rock made the same joke before, too. It's years of being lauded and put on this pedestal, I think, that... Mike Lowry. Right. And then it's like, you, you probably don't even think about... I, I don't think until the entanglements, you know, even when people found out they may have an open relationship, it was like, oh, there's still a couple goes. You know? It, it wasn't until, you know, there was a chink in the armor that people were like, oh, maybe it's maybe and, it's not all that it's, you and, know, And, you know, at the end of the day, Jada made it clear that Will has stepped out. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, before. So, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and she was just being reactionary. When did she They both have that. never cheated. Yeah. They both agree they never cheated. Really? Because when yeah, I Yeah, no, saw... because, but because of the open, the, the agreement. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, okay. That's, okay. What, that's, what, they, that's <laughs> okay. what they publicly acknowledge is that they've never cheated on each other. But no one's like researching his like people. No, people, people know. Um, Margot Robbie. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, oops. Allegedly, allegedly. We can't, we can't be out here victim blaming. Stop victim blaming. victim blaming. This sounds exactly like another popular victim blamer, and that's Eric Adams. Right now, our lovely mayor is 
probably well, it, it might be done now, but um He was just at the club tearing it up. He was just with... at the club tearing it up and then he left there and tore a bunch of tent cities all over the city. Um not him personally, but he oversaw the destruction of tent cities under the BQE and a few other places without setting up a place for folks to live. And all he said was, hey, go to a shelter, which if you know anybody that's ever experienced homelessness, shelters effectively suck, right? They're not safe. Um, There's a real element of people trying to steal your stuff. Uh, You know, you can be raped, you can be beat up, and all you you literally have are your belongings. And um, some people would rather fare to have all that stuff with them in front of them than to be in a place of a homeless shelter and you wake up and someone's trying to take your, your, your Tim's or your hat or whatever else. So I was disappointed to see that Eric Adams, you know, basically is waging his war on poverty from the bottom up. He's not attacking the affordable housing crisis. You know, in fact, when he was running for mayor, someone asked him on like one of them calling shows, hey, borough president, they're knocking on my door trying to buy my home. How do I make it stop? Oh, you can't really make it stop, but do what I do. Tell them it's not for sale. Right? Like, <laughs> that's not really the answer, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, people people should have the ability to live in their homes unimpeded and without the intrusion of somebody trying to ask you, hey, are you selling and, and trying to talk you out of a home that you probably worked hard to obtain or take generational wealth from exactly so not only that but the fact that housing has skyrocketed in the city and rather than say we're going to work on more affordable housing you're just you're just basically saying well these people like no one wants to be homeless like i don't think anyone wakes up and says hmm it's a great day to live under the bqe right right like (laughs) i don't think anybody's saying they had other options they would be taking them right so I'm disappointed in how that was handled because I would rather you put people in hotels or mm-hmm. you have, like, I'd rather you take my taxpayer money mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to take these these 120 people, get them services, you know, that they need, social and otherwise, and I'm put them in a hotel so I can figure this out. Because I'd rather my money be spent on that than you paying sanitation and NYPD overtime to kick down these shit. Mm-hmm. I've seen this happen in D.C. Yeah, that's true. in certain areas. I, I don't know if they're the first city to do it, but I've... And, you know, the way they do it is, like, very covert. Like, they, they don't want anybody to know. They go in, like, really odd hours, so, like, they're caught off guard and so that they can get them all. And then it's sad because it's, like, even if you're homeless and you've managed to maintain a certain level of belongings to yourself, your prized possessions, you can't even take those things with you. You have to leave them behind and then they just bring a sanitation truck to like throw your shit in. chuck everything else that's left. And it's, you know, demeaning, you know, the le- the le- probably last and so- And, you know, I, I mean, this, this may be, I don't know, I don't know, removed. But, you know, when you pass someone's little space and you're like, oh, my gosh, they have it set up so nicely. And <laughs> it was like, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I know I sound very right elitist there, right add, now. Add that sound effect, <laughs> bruh. Add the bruh. I'm just saying they've made the most out of the what they, their yeah. situation. And they're taking pride in the space that they do have mm-hmm. to then have someone come and just say, no, you can't be here without a, a, a good alternative 
it's just crazy. And it's like, I see all this housing going up. I Every time I pass a new building going up in Brooklyn, I, know. I ask myself, who, who is, is going to live there? I know. Who is living there? Who is going to be there? Who is going to be living there? I know. I know. I don't understand. Some jerk in Patagonia with a latte. But I don't even think so. I think a lot of this is like international, you know, money laundering. Allegedly. And allegedly. allegedly. And... They don't know what they don't even know what they're gonna do with these buildings because I I really don't know people I don't most of my friends I don't know people that are moving into these places. That's true. I I just don't. But you know I I there I wish there was a, a better solution. More talk about mental health services, um and 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 programs to get, help these people get on their feet, get jobs. And I think a lot of it is more so mental health than yes. than anything. You know, but no, that's a very um, strong point. I think Eric Adams, I don't know, like all this hanging out with rappers in the club and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, just yesterday in East Flatbush, a kid 12 years old got killed. Um, and he's out there. In the backseat of a car. I think that kid was in the backseat and some other kids came, I think it was a drive-by and, and started shooting at somebody else. He got in, hit inadvertently super unfortunate to have a kid getting killed but i think this all feeds into eric adams narrative of we need more police more police budget in order to combat this um so the neighborhood policing initiatives that he's pushing out aka stop and frisk 2.0 i think are going to be further emboldened to get crazier and more aggressive towards us and towards our youth in the street but I mean, what would be his incentive to do that? I mean, being black himself and, you know, I I mean, I know some people that are, you know, Eric Adams adjacent. And I think that they're conscious enough and are vocal enough to maybe be in his ear about things like that. I mean, why why would he want to? I, have I, think some... I think it's his demographic that he wants to appeal to because, you know, he may he may have gotten the black vote, um, but he also wants the conservative vote, the 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 FDNY, the NYPD. the, the... But he's already in office. So why pander to them now? Because he needs another four years and then he needs to run for president. That's why he's going on his or national governor. tour, yeah. you know, governor. I, wanted... he's, I think he's thinking ahead. It's not. You know, I wanted to believe in him, but when he started to say things like, you know, uh, don't film or let let okay. my officers do their job, it's just like, let my mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in the context of filming a, a police interaction, he said, if you're mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can't get the, the picture from where you're standing, get a new phone, but let my officers, my as if the taxpayers aren't paying their salaries, jobs, and then when people were not fans of bringing back Stop and Frisk, he said, no, we're going to bring it back and we're going to do it right when all the evidence points to there's not really a right way to do Stop and Frisk. Right, because it's disproportionately targeting us. Right, so the fact that he brought back a policy that is inherently ineffective and is going to disproportionately impact, you know, people that look like us and and our kids, I think there's some things that he's disconnected from. I know people that are... Well, no, it makes makes the others feel good. So... Mm. (laughs) makes them feel like they're safe because why because it's like you're keeping them in check it's it's a it's a means to like keep turn on the tv and right. see oh you know they're why does he want to participate in that policing of us though i mean it's just huh, it is really 
it's it's very disappointing. Sad. It's disappointing yeah. and sad because I mean this goes back just so many hundreds of years policing us and policing our bodies, you know, just because of who we are. I mean, the fact that he would even contemplate that he as the black person should do that. I don't And what's sad about that too is that, you know, even in um you know, having this conversation, I was hoping that like this things he's done at a good, right? Like mm-hmm. he he put like millions back into summer youth. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's great because when kids have jobs yes. and money in their pocket, they're less likely to be bored doing dumb stuff on the streets. Precisely. So I was hoping that it would be more of an effort in that direction of, okay, like his war on drill music. I actually wasn't against that because I'm like, drill music isn't necessarily the best thing for our youth. <laughs> it's not. Like spin blocks, shoot up, boop, bop, boop, bop, bop, bop. And then you go into Kifu for your mom and, and you get shot because of what you said on the song, right? Like, I feel like drill music, um, for kids to consume that kind of music and think that they can walk around with a license to shoot and kill isn't healthy. So I was actually a proponent of his thought of getting it off of the radio because it's not, it's not good music. It's not healthy music for kids to be consuming music about mm-hmm. who they shot and how they shot them and when they're going to shoot them. That's not healthy for our kids. So I was happy for that, but I hope there would have been more of a, we're going to do things like improve the lot for the average New Yorker. So we're going to get affordable housing and we're going to get more social services and we're going to get more after school activities and more things to keep these kids enriched and focused. That's what I thought it was going to be more of. I just don't think you can fight a crime wave by saying I'm going to have more police. I think you need to... Mm-hmm. When police have never solved or stopped a crime in the first place. Like, right? it's just... You're not going to end crime by saying, let's roll back bill reform. No. What you're going to in- instead do is you're going to have more people who, you know, get, in in some cases, inadvertently put in the system, now losing their jobs, they can't make bail, and that's only going to create more criminals, right? Mm-hmm. And I think these things are very obvious for anybody, even if you didn't go to John Jay or take like 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 a social justice class, you should no, still the, know the, that... The information is there. Like, this is all publicly available information. So I think he's failing on things that, as a black mayor, mm-hmm. <laughs> should be readily obvious, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's not like, you know, Joe Loda from the Burbs. He's, you know, not... Um, the guardian angel guy that was trying to run, like he should know better. So there's things that he's failing on that I think he should just know better. And I'm hoping that he can write this ship because so far it's this spring and he's looking like a spring chicken. Like he looks very much out of place and he looks like he's, as Jazzy said, pandering and hyper-focused on what's next instead of what should be like mm-hmm. a solution-based focus. I don't want to see him having no more press conferences with rappers. I don't want to see him at the club, bro, I want to see you doing stuff to meaningfully impact your community. But even yes. the simple things is like garbage. Like making sure that our garbage, like that's something you could win on very easily. Clank, clank, What's wrong with garbage? People's garbage aren't, aren't getting picked up as on. Oh, mods, the, mods get picked up regularly. So, since, well, mine as well. But I think there was like a slowdown around the vaccine time when they were trying to make. Uh, all the city workers I didn't experience vaccinated. That. No. There was like a kind of like a slowdown. I think they were trying to give the middle finger to de Blasio. Who? Um, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Who? <laughs> um, but I think it hasn't picked up 
that hasn't picked back up in some areas. Didn't put on the news like that, but I, I found it in the New York Times. We hit up Somalia in February, and it was kind of in the news, but it kind of wasn't. But the U.S. has been, you know, attacking Somalia. It's not new. If you've seen Black Hawk Down, you know that the U.S. loves attacking Somalia, loves doing missions there. Why? So... Um, no, actually, no, I'm wrong. I didn't Somalia, know. The audience, no, no. you're not alone. We no, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> let me, let me fix that. I think Black Hawk Down was Rwanda. Um, no, wait, Hotel Rwanda was... Okay, well, either way, Either way, notwithstanding, the U.S. attacked Somalia. Um, Somalia has had issues in terms of the government being destabilized. I won't say by who, but we can guess who. The Europeans? U.S. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> um, but... They've been attacking Somalia. I think they're trying to install a different regime there. Um, Somalia has been averse to European um, intrusion upon their waters. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. For a long time. Yeah. And, you know, if you've seen um, Saving Pride, not Saving Pride, Ryan, Captain, what's that movie with Tom Hanks? And he's like, I'm the captain now, look at me, I'm the captain now. Oh. Can't think of the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. But long story short, there's a lot of fishing that goes into Somali economy. And every time these big boats go through the eastern horn of Africa, it's disturbing to their economy. So Somali pirates jump on ships and do what they want. And they basically take over ships. And, you know, Europeans and U.S. have gone there frequently to try to stop that. They can't. But (laughs) the big issue is... The Somali government has said for years, stop coming through here with these big boats because you kill our fish and, and they still come through there anyway with, you know, carnival ships and all types of ships. But I bring this up because every time I bring this up to anybody I know, no matter how woke or... that's I mean, that's the thing. Because you hear about the war, because I, I was thinking to myself, this sounds like war on Somalia. How come, the, you know, so we talk about the Russia doing war... On the Ukraine, and we're not talking about America <laughs> doing war on Somalia? Well, now we are. And Propaganda. It, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, the media here, like, I was surprised it was in the Times, but, you know, I don't watch that much news, but I try to catch, like, um, the British news, mm-hmm. Al, Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera, Al-Jazeera. And, and the others, because the U.S. media will have you thinking that, you know, all black folks out here playing drill music, slapping people at award shows and drinking, you know, Pepsi, eating chicken. Meanwhile, there's things that are happening worldwide. And this is stuff happening. It's not hidden. It's just not broadcasted in the news yes. like that. So I think I bring this up because I want people to do their research on the issue, learn about our involvement in Rwanda and in Somalia, and get hip to the fact that um, a lot of our brothers and sisters in African countries are being decimated and could use our help in the same way that people want to send guns and money to Ukraine, send some money to Somalia or to Rwanda mm-hmm. and, you know, help benefit them. Mm-hmm. We'd love to. Where can we donate? What's the cash app? I mean, please. Cash <laughs> app is Uber has like P&L. help Ukraine. Like help, yeah, no, everywhere, everywhere is, is help Ukraine. Ukraine. But then like everything turns into like a marketing ploy. Yeah. Everyone is now collecting on behalf of and uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting, to say the least. To say the least. I do have an Ask It's Jazzy question. Go for it. We don't have an intro this week, guys. But I feel...
figured since we had some married folks here today that I would bring up a marriage-related question. More importantly, I've seen things on Twitter because of the will kerfuffle and people like kerfuffle. Uh, you know, <laughs> look at look at Will and Jada. If y'all still trying to tell me marriage is necessary or it's a good thing, please explain between him and who's the, what's the last married kerfuffle before that? I don't remember, but they brought up two uh, different situations. I think that's only what black married kerfuffle. I can't think of, can't what, think of who, the, who the last one was. Oh, but, uh, it's, it's probably one of them Derek Jackson relationship dudes. Yeah, I think it was something yeah. like that. Uh, but yes, my question to our guests and the host: Why? What are the benefits of marriage? Why? Why should you get married? What's the name of that movie? Why did I get married? Why did I get married? Why did to? you get married too? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the tax break, kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the, you know, frankly, the construct of marriage, um, for me was important, right? Like, you know, my parents split when I was like eight, eight, I was the man of the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And my mentors and big bros always led me to believe that, you know, as a man, if you're going to go far in your career, you need a strong woman by your side to help you stay focused. Like, on a chessboard, the king isn't the strongest piece, the queen is, because she moves and sees things you can't. And uh, and having a good woman, I know, I know, that's, I know, fire, fire, <laughs> fire. But, um, <laughs> having this... I love that. Like, I love that. Having this, thank you, thank you. Having a strong woman by your side as a man makes you almost um not invincible but makes you that much stronger which is why like again on the chess on the chessboard the king is probably you know one of the most important pieces but the queen is the most powerful so i think for me marriage meant one um you know lord willing i would have kids i could keep my family name going two i'd have the opportunity to raise kids three you know i've been outside i've done a lot of cool things outside already. So for me, I feel like as a man, you reach a point where you want to have a family. You want to um, create that kind of platform for you to um, leave something behind that's going to outlive you. Like your name should outlive you, not your first name, your last name. And that's more so in family. So for me, that's why I felt like marriage was super important. I had that life of, you know, dating around and that kind of stuff. And it's it was it was cool when you like super young, but it gets empty fast, like it's not fulfilling. So for me, I always felt like <laughs> marriage was something that I wanted to, you know, entertain when I found the right woman. Beautiful answer. Next week, Friday, will be my 16th wedding anniversary. Nice. Ooh, congratulations. And my husband and I have been together for 20 years. I love it. And my answer... Shout out to the bro, too. He's a cool dude. <laughs> my answer 10 years ago, maybe, would be different than it is today. And the reason being, in the passage of time, I think it becomes even more acute how much work 
marriages. I think to the point about legacy, about creating a family unit so that you can bring children into the world really in a stable home, right? There's a reason it takes a man and a woman to raise, to have a child, right? So and she so makes all the points better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there is a stability that comes for a child in being born and, and, and in that family unit. I guess the question is whether or not it can, does it have to be under the covenant of marriage? I think that... Oh, but it's probably better. <laughs> and of course, that's going to come from, you know, your your belief system, right? Like, I believe that marriage and the covenant of marriage is sanctified by God, right? So I believe that there's an undergirding of protection and power and, and frankly, ableness that comes from having or being in covenant, right? And I don't believe in breaking the covenant, which I think people do easily. Mm-hmm. Jada Smith. At, <laughs> at the same time, Will first, but anyhow. Thank you. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly my foot. Um, but I would say that it is probably more useful to women to have women talk about the work part of it. I, I, I mean, I agree with you, Khalil. Mm-hmm. For a man, like, being married, you know, the bee's knees. Like, we, we here for you. But all that queen stuff you're talking, yeah. here's, where, here's where the work comes. <laughs> the work comes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we are equipped and able to see and handle so much that we then are doing and handling all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And... That is because that's our ability. And I think sometimes we have to be reminded that men are built differently. They think differently. And that as a woman and as a wife, you're not trying to have your husband think like you. And I think naturally when you're in a relationship with someone, you want them to kind of like get on the same page and like think like you and, you know, but men and women, you know, what is the book, men are from Mars, women are from <laughs> Venus, we're just, you know, different and, and just individuals are different. And I think sometimes women and black women don't talk about how to be a wife. And I do think that's something that white women do. Mm. and i think that you know the flip side is that you know brothers may not necessarily have the role model of how to be a husband Mm -hmm. facts facts right um and we are dealing with generations of you know trauma trauma just in our dna Mm -hmm. but i think that it doesn't do us any good to try and discredit marriage is not being necessary, right? Because of the work involved to discredit it is not being worthwhile because any relationship takes work. So regardless of whether or not you can get out of it easily by way of just moving out, like there's nothing easy in terms of having children and then separating, Mm -hmm. you know, or having single parent households. So There's work in every relationship. You know, it could be a romantic relationship or it could be a fraternal one. I mean, I 
constantly have to, you know, remind my children, my boys, how to, you know, have love and treat one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that's taught. And I think sometimes almost like breastfeeding, we feel like it should just come naturally and people are mm-hmm. supposed to just know how to do it. And mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. it's not. It's hard. It hurts. You know, (laughs) like all those things. And it can get easier over time. And it does get easier over time, but it really has to be deliberate. And acknowledging that it's challenging and deciding that, well, there's no out, so I'm going to put in the work Mm -hmm. is one of the ways that you can get to the other side where it's just really fulfilling. And I think also it starts with, not glamorizing what a spouse should look like or how they should be. Because when you think that there's some whole person that's going to be the embodiment of everything that you want, you're disillusioned and setting yourself up for disappointment. And if you just had a more realistic view that, you know, as my friend, my dear, dear friend would would say, her mother taught her, the 80-20 rule. Like any man that you marry or with is going to have 80% of the things that you like and 20 that you don't. And it just, and that's how it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have to decide what 80% is most important to you. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think it's very fulfilling to have a partner that is there for you, that can encourage you when you need encouragement, that can support you when you need support. And I'm talking about emotional, I'm talking about dinner, I'm talking about sex, I'm talking about the things that you need without having to go and find a new person and kind of go through all of the iterations to kind of come back to the same hard spot where you're having to deal with shit, you know? So... She, listen, you asked the question, she dropped... I know, I'm just saying. The gems, like you just dropped the whole bag of diamonds on the floor. I mean, <laughs> no, but you know, I don't have much of a follow up there. I will um, say wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying, and I think you have even more perspective because you have more kids, more experience. But I think the thing you said about not being how a lot of our sisters aren't taught how to be wives, and I think that's. Like, I feel bad for a lot of the generation coming behind us because now it's so much about um, guys got to buy burgers. And I joke all the time about, like, brunch scammers and things like that. But I think a lot of dudes are feeling like they got to spend in order to prove their interest in women. It's not even courting. It's not like taking off a coffee. It's like, no, you got to buy her a, a S63 Benz, or you got to buy her a thirty thousand dollar bag or a watch, or take yeah, it to I'm a trip. I'm not from that. I'm not from that. Right, tribe, and then a lot of so. women are equating um, the spending with interest, and half these women that do that can't afford to buy these things on their own. And it's like the generation I came from is just like you wanted the woman who could get it on her own because then you felt like you, there's a partner that you can kind of build with. But even then, you still knew that you had to have a conversation with a woman in order to get an interest, right? Like, there's no flashing money at her. It's like, hey, excuse me, can I talk to you and see if she can, like, s- like basically see if you can get her interest and then keep her interest and court her, which is why sometimes I watch these old movies from, like, the 50s, like, the Temptations movie, and it's like the innocent, hey, is it okay if I stop by, ask your mom? Like, I like that kind of, like, it's probably going out for the most part, right? But it's just like you had to actually 
court a Mama woman. Mama ain't on them DMs. Right? Like, <laughs> we joked about this, but it's like even being in high school, calling somebody's house, hi, Ms. Johnson, can I speak to Shaniqua? Who's this? Uh, Shaniqua, some nappy-headed boy on the phone or some kid with a funny name was on the phone. Like, you had to go through a certain kind of filtration process. And then if you meet her family, she might have the the cousin with six felonies there or the big brother and or father. And it was like a vetting process that you, you went through. A, gate, a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper of sorts. And I think um, a lot of men learn how to, as you said, you know, be a husband, be a provider, be a protector. And a lot of women knew how to... Um, be a wife and I think a lot of women nowadays frankly the idea of being a wife it sounds cute until the word comes until you gotta pack that man <laughs> lunch every day oh no excuse me I just wanna clarify when I say being a wife and I was like oh wait I, I don't wanna go down this road I, I actually don't cook and clean and wash cut that out cut that out <laughs> cut that out <laughs> clean and wash in my house that is not what I do that's not you know, the contribution I make in our relationship. So I I, I wanted to clarify that there is no, <laughs> like, <laughs> one size fits all in terms of how to be a wife. But what I meant was more in terms of how to support a man. And men... I keep that, keep that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just how to support a man, not necessarily in terms of being Molly Homemaker. I just wanted to make that distinction. I still think that's an excellent point. And... I think I would ask, did you upfront define what that support would look like? Upfront, he knew he was not marrying me because I like to cook, right? So I'm a big proponent of you get what you pay for. So, <laughs> you know, upfront, it was like, that is not my bag. Like, we'll go out to eat. I do know how to make lasagna. You know, I do know how to cook, but I don't enjoy cooking, right? So that's not what I'm here for. But... The things that I'm talking about are sometimes like physical, like I find that men, or I should maybe just speak about this man, <laughs> you no, know, men, men, you know, are more like inclined to want to have sex all the time. And, you know, sometimes with women, it's so like that. wrapped up with like all the things that we have going on. So we're managing everything. So we may not like turn on our sexy outfit, you know, sexy time <laughs> You know, like mindset. Whereas I find that men, it doesn't even fucking matter. It like go it doesn't off. go off. Like my husband could work all night, and I'd be in the bed sleep, and he'll come home, and I'm like, oh, he must be so tired and want to go to sleep. But like, and I'm like, <laughs> if I just play asleep. Knock knock. Knock knock. Play asleep. Then he's gonna be knocked out in two seconds because he just works all night. No, no, no. Like fifteen minutes later, he's you know seeing if my breathing pattern changed. Right. So. <laughs> I just had to accept that, like, you know, they're different needs. They're, you know, like, they they just do things differently. Like, I couldn't keep riding him because his socks are outside the hamper. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's just... And I see it also because of the sons that I have. Like, I was always... And I'm not saying all women are the same either, so I, I, I don't want to say that. But I just see certain commonalities. Like, my sons also just drop things by the way... Whereas I always had my stuff like in a specific place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Erica, I don't know if this is going to apply to you. This is so not going to apply know, to me. I know, this is not me. But my point is that like regardless of who, whatever the idiosyncrasies are that your spouse has, is, they're going to be distinct from your own. And 
being a wife is understanding that and supporting them and not belittling them or not making them feel less than or, you know, riding them. You know, I mean, people talk about nagging, but what it really is, is like riding the thing that irritates you. Like that doesn't help. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So. No. Well, I would just like to say as someone who has known this guy before he met Larib and meeting this person after, but being able to see many, many years of a family grow, I am blessed to have them in my life because they make me believe in marriage still. Um, even though many, many people do not. I have very, these are like my bestest friends. And I think that everything they said is like on point. Um, and I've seen their partners bring out the best in them and then see that be put into their children and their kids and that foundation that your children have is like so inspiring and it makes me, you know, keep going on hinge and keep going again and again and again and again to find this husband. Yeah, that's there um, for you. But it's because of them and knowing that there is the joy and the work is worthwhile. It so is. Thank, thank you guys for your... No, absolutely. And one last thing I'll say about marriage, too, that I think is great that you you pointed out, Kamari, is that once you can find your complement, like mm-hmm. the person that, it, you know, is your 80%, mm-hmm. then there's things you can live with in the 20. Like, for me, I wanted a woman that was okay being not even domesticated, but was okay with doing, like, yeah. like life cooking and wanted to be a mom and that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I got that. Now, what comes with that is that you know, there's things that I know for a fact annoys this shit out of her that I do, but there's also things that, like, certain um, risk aversions that she has that I'm just like, it's not that serious. I think, you know, you get what you pay for in that regard because of, uh, you know, what I've seen is that oftentimes a woman that is more family-centered won't mind doing the family things, but what might come with that is that well, they're very close to their family and they mm-hmm. want their family involved in more things. Like, mm-hmm. she's closer to her family than I am to mine. Mm-hmm. So there's things that I would never go to my family about that she goes to her family, you know, way more for certain things than I would. And I had to come to accept that. But what I did also get is that, you know, if I'm at her, her mom's house, her mom makes sure I eat too, right? <laughs> so, and, you know, if I'm at her aunt's house, like, there's always food. I like to eat, right? So... <laughs> For me, when, right, when. and you know, even when when I was in law school, my food every day was set for me, right? Like for three years, like mm. all my meals was was prepped for me, mm. right? So, and even now, like she makes sure that you know all the kids, like she makes mm. sure there's always something to eat. Which for me, mm. you know, I can handle the rest. Just feed me, <laughs> right? Um, so very spirited conversation. I'm hoping yes. that you got the answers you wanted. Yes, I did. Uh, I did. Thank you guys. No music. I got a great new song from the bro, ADH Online. It's called um, Big Vibes. So go check that on your favorite streaming platform. It's going to be a big banger. It's, it's, it's in the Afro Beats kind of vein. Um, shout out to the BT Group Management as well. Go check that out wherever you stream music. Uh, my new song is Need You by Emmanuel. Okay. I don't think I heard that one. New to me. It sounds familiar, though. It sound- <laughs> I know. You're going to hear it. You're like, I know this song. 
You got one too, Kamari? I know that it's Nadia Bastian. It's Soka, which is my favorite genre. Whoop, whoop. Carnival. Carnival uh, back what again. is that name? Erica, Coco Jelly. Yes! Coco Jelly. What is that Nadia. referring to? I don't know. That's, you got to go listen to find listen. out. Exactly. Nasty women's man. <laughs> not you, but Nadia Bastian and, and the women be having very suggestive lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder where they got that from. <laughs> Soka Warriors. Uh, as we wrap up, though, I did want to give you an opportunity to talk about, you know, your business. Yes. As uh, you can see, they're the next. We need more black billionaires, and we hope Black Cake Company is that. Exactly. New billionaire Exactly, company. exactly. So the Black Cake Company um, is a company that was started by my mother 35 years ago. Nice. And I joined full-time. So, like Khalil, I practiced law for a number of years. Um, probably like unlike Khalil, I've given it up um, <laughs> and joined the family business really about the legacy, really in determining that all of the time and energy I spend working for other people, I really need to be building something that essentially is business and industry for black people. I want to be able to employ our children over the summer. I want, you know, us to, you know, I say get off the system, right? Not be in the system, but, you know, as I always say, kind of stage right. Instead of trying to fix the system, we just need to be over here making our own system. So um, this is a pathway I know for for us to do that. And we actually have a podcast, too, called Angel Answers. So my mother um, is really, her name is Angela, and she really is angel-like. She has, you know, been through a lot. My brother has Down syndrome. My father did pass away. And my mother's had this business for 35 years, a viable business. She started in 1987. It was online in 1996. The website is blackcake.com. We actually also have the URL rumcake.com. So that'll bring you all to the Black Cake Company. Got to get the NFTs next. Got to get the Ethereum. (laughs) So it sounds like you sell black cake and rum cakes. We sell black cake and rum cake, Caribbean cakes, gourmet Caribbean cakes. And we've always been a mail order company. We ship Anywhere in the world. Yes. And you do drive by pickups. If I drive by, I could pick some up. <laughs> Just you. Okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> but we do. We do. <laughs> perfect. All right. So that's blackcake.com. Blackcake.com. And rumcake.com. Yes. So go check those out. We don't have a, a discount code. Just support the business. <laughs> <laughs> and say Stereo Bros sent you. Exactly. Exactly. So my parting words for this week are uh, baseball is back. <laughs> Shout out to the Mets. Don't mind the shedding hairs on my uh, Mets hoodie. Shout out to the Mets. Only baseball team that matters in New York. I said it. You got a problem with that? <laughs> Catch me in traffic. <laughs> okay. Uh, parting words for this week. It's spring, guys. Kind of, sort of. It's it's still a little cold, but um, spring, spring forward. My parting <laughs> words would be, I guess the tagline for Angel Answers is find your purpose in your passion. And so it would just be the encouragement that we are all here with unique gifts, talents, and abilities, and our job is really to uncover them. And then spend our time giving that away, giving those skills, talents, and abilities away. And that passion um, will really lead you to your purpose. 
Love it. Love that. Shout out to you for pulling up. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Now you'll be back. You'll be back. You'll be back. Yay. Over and out. No matter what we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby.